Hello and welcome to the Prigya Rora show where we promote entrepreneurship in law through conversation with people who have been there and done that. My name is Prigya Arora, founder of PA Legal, an intellectual property law firm in India. And our guest for today is Olaf, who is a registered attorney in Europe and Australia. And he's a founder of One IP International. So Olaf, uh, uh, you know, our, our viewers may not be knowing you. So to start with the first question is, if you were to introduce yourself to someone in a business meeting, how do you do that? What do you say? Oh, that's easy. Namaste, Prigya. First of all, thank you for, for, thank you for having me. I absolutely love your country. Like I've been to India last year, um, 2020. Um, and um, I must say it's, it's absolutely beautiful. I've never been there before. And I love traveling the world and I love to get to know new people. By saying that, I've also introduced myself half into you guys because uh, who I am is, um, yeah, I'm Olaf, so Meranam Olaf. Uh, I am 47 years old at the moment. Um, I'm a German, I'm born and bred in Germany. I'm a German solicitor and barrister over there. And in 2010, I took everything under my arm. Um, raided my bank account, took the family, put everything into a container and finally made it. We went to Australia, which was our goal to do it since 1999. In 1999, I spent my honeymoon in Aussie and we fell in love with Sydney and with the Australians and Australian culture and everything. Um, my colleague Pulkert, like he's he's insisting on, yeah, Germany is such a great country, German cast, German, whatever. I say, yeah, okay, wait until we travel. It is not an awful place. I did not have to flee, but there was a reason I left this country. Germany is nice, but Germany is so German. Like everything, the stereotypes that you associate with this country it is like seriousness and in a good way for by being serious, you achieve things. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you should be funny all the time and like to succeed in life. That's not the point. The point is like I keep saying Germans, usually 80% of Germans I know, um, they have sort of, if you get the picture, they swallowed a stick. Like <laughs> I can totally relate you to can, this. You can achieve things in life without being overly serious and without having to have an assurance that everything will fall into place um, before you even start things. Like who's going to tell me it's going to work out? Um, give me some assurance. This is not the point. Like for me, I always felt like when we came here to Australia, I was, it was in 2010, I was um, 36 years of age. I had two kids, they were five and seven at the time. And I said, look uh, to my wife, enough is enough. They're like, this, this is just deliberating about doing things and finding excuses not to do it. And this is, I I'm not kidding you, this is how 80% of the Germans live their life. It is about, oh, you know, I have high flying dreams. I want this and I want that. But by upbringing, I think 
they were we were told to okay you know play it safe find a good job don't make any mistakes in your life if you're 90 you look, look back and you want to find a seamless life without flaws it's just not happening it's not reality so i all, all, somewhat hated it all the time and it, it's me being german i was thinking you know uh, yeah just be realistic and all that kind of thing um and then in 2010 i had enough i think okay you have another 40 years to live or something do you want to live back and like saying yeah you've been a good german but other than that life is the end now you have to that's it and you haven't achieved what what you wanted i come to that in uh, later on but back to your question who i would how i would introduce myself to people so i'm a, i'm an absolute foodie i love playing with food I'm la I love playing um, around with ideas. Um, so I want to, I, I, I love being creative. And this is what I love being in the legal industry with my knowledge. Um, I don't want to be squeezed into, um, into a shape or into a norm that, that someone applies to me and then I have to fulfill a duty or something. It is like being self-employed it's an absolute joy. Like every day wow. I go, now I go to, to, it feels like a dream really. After, after we, we, we made it to Aussie, I'm now an Australian citizen, all I've ever dreamed of. On a Monday, I'm not saying shit, it's Monday, I have to go to work. I absolutely love this IP thing. And I love to create things for clients with my knowledge in the setting that I love. So wow. it has been a big 11 years, but I, I, I got there. So uh, back to the question again. So I'm a very creative person and I'm, I'm a language enthusiast. So I born in East Germany. We had to learn Russian. So I learned Russian in school and of course English, then later on French. And now that I um, got to know an um, Indian colleague, um, I had the idea to start learning Hindi. So this is... <laughs> wow. I want to be I want to be fluent and have a decent conversation in about two or three years. I'm on my way. So wow, wow, wow. So Olaf, yeah. I believe this is the beauty of being an entrepreneur that we can you know continue to learn and grow infinitely, and uh, there is no limits. Like uh, you're learning Hindi now, and I know it very well. And anything, anything, it's about, it can be uh, things related to work, things, things related to client building, things related to build, uh, learning languages or whatever you want to learn and implement that in your business. And I think the work life and, uh, you know, the personal life kinds of club and then it's, but it's, it's fun of fun side of being an entrepreneur. It, it is like, if you do it, put it this way. Um, I keep saying when I when I when someone asks me what is it uh, what's the joy of being an entrepreneur? It's not like walking on uh, on fairy floss all the time and everything being pink and in gold and roses. It is their horrible days, but at the end of the day, it is like what you what they keep saying: being your own boss. So it is you do it your terms. Uh, to to start with, I'm not a morning person. I it's just when whatever you read like oh get up early the early bird catches the worm it's not me okay so you're not if you're looking for the early bird it's not me so i usually arrive at the ridiculous time uh at like between 10 and 11 
but this is, I function best uh, at between 9 p.m. and midnight or something. So uh, it, it, it doesn't matter if I would be employed, someone would force me to turn up at seven. Would I, would I function then? No, I wouldn't. I would look like shit and pardon me, but and not being good at what I'm doing. And this is what, um, what I was trying to, to do from the beginning, uh, being an entrepreneur uh, right after uni. So 2003, I finished uni. I became admitted to the bar in Germany as being a solicitor and barrister over there. There's no this distinction between solicitors and barristers in Germany. Um, we are both. Um, and so I, I got admitted and then I looked at the situation in the legal industry at that time. And I still, I, I think it hasn't changed since then. Yeah. It was about get in there if you want to earn decent money um you basically sell your personality to your boss and then you are a slave working 60 hours a week or something um crazy hours and you're not even in control of it and even worse if it's a larger organization the work culture at least the places where i went wasn't great so i didn't enjoy it and it is you could be the best job you, you could do the best job possible because you were relying on others in the team that you didn't pick because you are you, you were not the boss they could drag down what you built so what kind eh, yeah you, you get yeah. the point i i can relate to it so much because this is one of the reason that i started my own firm and practice because the work culture and the work hours and everything and, you know, the kind of freedom is restrictive. It becomes very difficult to probably survive. It's like uh, I, I used to enjoy working in the law firm, but then the fun side of it was missing. Totally. So I thought, okay. Um, and and um, at that time, I was 30. My whole life was under construction because um, I just... Uh, uh, my, my first child was born. Um, I formed my, my, my first company and I was a complete newbie in the industry. So no one has waited to, to jump into my office and say, hey, Mr. Kretschmar, can you help me? They were all like, I got all the noobs, all the people that already had five laws before. Um, and they've been told it can't be achieved. So they tried me. Right, so this is—it's not the the five star A plus clients that I got. Yeah. I got the sort of challenges, but it's and and I was amazed um, setting this up and then sitting there and people coming to me and I thought you know I'm clever, smart ass, I know it all. I've I've been to uni, I've been to uh, college of law. I get my got my admission. I knew nothing about dealing with clients, dealing with people, and. I was surprised, not to say shocked the least, that it was more 70% of the job, and it still is, I think, is psychology. If we could leave it out and just walk in, sit down, solve the legal problem, walk out, I keep saying um, I would be home by 2 p.m. every day. But wow. it's, it, it's so much... Uh, I had I had weird experiences with people walking in. I I advised them, uh, and they were completely normal. And from one day to another, they was like, 
oh, turn the radio off. There's a salt coming from above. Like crazy, <laughs> like by, but like having psycho psychological. I, I, I completely understand and, uh, the point you're giving that psychology is the 90% of the task we have and rest is the 30% of <laughs> the work we do. So people, people walking in and you talk to them in a normal way and they come, they have, everyone has to carry their, their burden, right? And you don't look, you, you see this person, you don't not, you know nothing about them. And then they start opening up to you and everything comes out and you feel like, oh, what is this? Um, and it, it was a shocking, overwhelming experience at first for me. And then I found it really, really interesting. And now this is like, I'm focusing on the psychology of the different client types. This is something I absolutely find fascinating. And it, wow. is, it is not any different in Australia than it was in Germany even though like, it's harder to work with German clients because they are overly conservative. They ask you, they grill and roast you before they accept anything that you tell them, even though they came to you because you were considered to be the expert. It's funny though, but they, they love challenging you. And the, the Australian clients are more like, yeah, whatever might. So they're, they're really uh, too relaxed, um, sometimes not serious enough. It's like you feel like being in a kindergarten uh, with uh, a lot of nine-year-olds or seven-year-olds mm -hmm. running around. Yeah. Uh, it's different. Um, <laughs> but what was the question again? Sorry. I was... uh, so question that we, we, we are just discussing about life. So let's not focus about, you know, too much on the questions. I'll ask you the next one. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, we all have mentors when we start up and uh, the people, if they're not the mentors, then people who we look forward to, then I would ask you who was your inspiration when you were starting up, like uh, people who inspired you? Oh, it's funny you'd say that. Uh, it might be a bit it might be a bit odd the answer, but I I really like growing growing up in Germany in East Germany because the wall was still there. Um, it was sixty. The wall was uh, I was sixteen when the wall came down. My parents basically raised me, um, and I can't blame them. Play it safe. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> entrepreneurship was not on the agenda at all especially because we had socialism. There was no like you building a company, you own something. The community owned everything. So you are nothing. You're a little tiny piece in, I'm coming from a different like uh, mindset. Like my parents raised me in a way like fit in. Uh, and then I, I went to, to the West after the war came down. I was 19, went to the West to study, to kill. And so there was, they were, they, they were a real like role model for me, how to live your life, like in general and deal with people. And I really thank them, but there were no uh, role model in terms of, could I think of them when I think of entrepreneurship, not at all. And I making this step and actually deciding to go to Australia, I had no role model. I still don't have, um, I, I don't know how, how shall I say it? I've, I love trying out crazy things, challenging me. So in a way, I am my own inspiration. Like my inner me, the crazy Correct. voice inside my head is my inspiration. Like basically saying, how far can you push this shit? Like, is it really? Absolutely. 
what you can think you can do. Like I'm not saying, or I, I use the example, um, if I were to say I that they're currently looking for a crew flying to Mars and all that kind of things and people uh, putting their hand up, if I would be up for this, I would feel the challenge and ah, I absolutely, I hate flying, yeah? So I'm, that's why I'm not doing it. But if, just saying, if I would up, would be up for it, um, I would, I, I could achieve like flying to the moon or to, to whatever, to the Mars. The only, it sounds crazy now, but the only thing is the first, the next step, if I make that decision, the first step would be, okay, what do I need? Are there requirements to fulfill to even be in that zone to be selected? And the first step would be go to NASA website and check it. Wow. No matter how far-fetched or crazy it sounds, breaking it down to what would be a rational next step to get there, however crazy it sounds. And this is still yeah. about what I, what I apply to, to every challenge now. I had it after uni, everyone told me you can't, how would you be a lawyer in your own practice with 30 years of age? No one knows you, uh, you have no experience whatsoever, just don't do it, play it safe. But my first step was getting some information how to set up a company. And it's, it's so, yeah, it is, you, you, find, you try to find a grid that you could hold on and then you start climbing and uh, along the way you, you slide, it's all sorts of awful things happen to you, but you need a grid and that's the first logic thing to do. And with that example flying to the moon, it's going to the NASA website okay. and you have to just think, okay, how silly does it sound? It doesn't matter. It is said there that you have to fulfill these requirements. So let's work on the requirements. And it may need, need um, 20 years to get there to fulfill them, but I could do it. Don't say I can't do it. it. If you say I can't, or if I would say I can't do it, it means I don't want to. Got it, got yeah. it, got it. I, uh, yeah, absolutely, Olaf. So, uh, you know, uh, the key takeaway what I got from you from this conversation is uh, sometimes we, you know, get into our head with uh, things like this project is very complex. We can't achieve it. But when we break it down to the small actionable steps and we do, do that steps one by one, I think we, we reach to that stage. Oh, it's done. <laughs> and at the starting, Absolutely. it's like, it feels like it, it is very difficult. In, 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 in uh, Germany, like once I, once I made my idea public to go to, to Australia, like permanently with my family. Oh my God, we had comments. Uh, to, uh, people said to my wife, I'm so happy my husband don't have those crazy ideas like yours. And um, <laughs> people were, were trying to discouraging us, all sorts of things. I think because, um, because they realized Oh my God, what's this guy doing there? I want to do the same, but I'm too afraid to do it. So they try to tell you to bring you down. Like, yeah. how are you doing this? You're trying this. And, and yeah. especially like there is not a climate of entrepreneurship there. It's slowly developing, but they're overly conservative. And um, so you are raised and we are all raised the way, uh, don't make it too complicated. Um, and we are easily, we easily accept challenges as like we can't achieve them. But I, I keep saying like, rather than building up 
stacks of problems that you have to overcome, try to find uh, a grip on how to achieve it. Like, and then the problems, they will come inevitably, they will come anyway. Uh, if, you are, if you are on the cliff and you, you see, um, how do I say it? Um, like they say in Aussie, sink or swim. You, you deliberately put yourself into a situation where you're about to drown and you have to swim not to drown. Believe me, you learn, you learn to how to swim in seconds. Yes, yes, yes. I can totally. This is how I always put myself. If I want something so, so badly, um, let's say I, I really want to uh, have a diver certificate one day, but if this is this is on the bucket list like for 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 later maybe for never it's not important enough otherwise i would have achieved it now yeah. uh, you, the most important things and they are so important to you that you would feel like physical pain if you don't achieve them pick yeah. them first and get a grip on them on the others fair enough if i'm 100 years old and i haven't done my diver certificate i would probably say yeah okay fine I, I'm okay with it. Otherwise, I would have made it already. And the other ones just yes. go in there. And if it feels like a real pain and you'd like your pro procrastination kicks in, like I do it next year, I do it this month. It is okay. what worked. What worked for me is like like trying to step under a cold shower in the morning. Three, two, one, and then go in cool. there and deliberately put yourself in the danger zone. And then once you're in, wow. you have to drink the cold water and you will find a way. This is thinking about the bystanders like, ah, it's never going to happen. Wow. Put yourself in danger zone and you'll find the way. I think that that's one, you know, amazing quote that I've got from you. And I am going to use this quote forever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it really works. It really works. Yeah. So next question is, Olaf, I know, you know, your journey must not have been easy. I know uh, you show the fun side of it, but uh, during entrepreneurship, we all have yeah. that moment of mental breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, mm -hmm. how to deal with mm -hmm. this, how to deal with that. So did you have any that uh, weak moment, weak point in your life and how did you uh, deal with it? I did. I did. So it's... I kept saying uh, before we made this journey like to to Australia I said to my wife look it will it will not be easy it will uh, we ask for a challenge and believe me we will get one thank you for trusting me she just said okay if it's your will uh, you want to do it I, I support you fully um, just surprise me so it's not every wife would just gl gladly accept crazy ideas like this uh, especially as a mom of two, they're more like, oh, security and my boys and stuff. <laughs> he just said, okay, fine. If you believe you can do it, we will do it. it. will be an awesome experience. It's like, believe me, it will do something with all of us because wow. we will all be struggling. We will have, we will grow. Like if we, if we end up not achieving becoming a citizen or like living there or building a company, we will come back not as broken people. We will come back with, as disappointed people but these disappointments we can we can build on these disappointments and said okay it hasn't i've tried everything i can to get where i wanted and 
because of this and that, it hasn't worked out. Fair enough, at least I tried. But it's a, it would be worse to be 90, look back, and I said, um, I would say, I haven't even tried it. Why? Only two reasons, too lazy and too afraid. I would so freak out having to admit these two. There are no other excuses. You were just too lazy or too afraid. I said, okay, let's let's do this. And um, it it went really tough in the beginning. Uh, it was an up and down, this whole journey. I was basically, because I was starting from scratch here, um, the living made continued practice uh, in my German practice, like due to online services, you can service clients online or over the phone. That was fine, but I had to find another client here in Australia or an employer or something quickly to 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 provide for the family, right? Um, and so I remember days going out. So just practically without any illusion, today I have to come back with two thousand dollars in my pocket. Otherwise, we're not gonna pay the rent. I did not know how, so I just went out. And I was door knocking in Sydney, knocking, and I, I was I was providing advice to people like weird scenes, like they were fixing bikes. One bike shop owner fixing bikes. I was telling him about trademarks. He's like, you have a logo, you haven't trademarked it yet. It's like, oh, okay. Mm, a camera shop, same thing. Telling them, do you want to buy a camera? No, but I want to tell you about trademarks. And they go, what? Uh, but the good thing after thinking about what, what is this weirdo doing there? They thought, <laughs> how good is it? He's an expert. I have no time, so let's fix this. I wanted to have a trademark anyway. I've been successful every time. They looked wow. at me, kind of weirdo, but then they said, that's pretty cool. Let's do it. So, um, and then, so I come back to your question. So what was the most devastating moment? Um, by doing that, I also walked into a North Sydney law firm, uh, said, hey, here I am, um, expert for European trademarks. You have no clue about Germans. Do you want to have uh, your clients have uh, European trademarks? I'm a, a trademark attorney in Europe, European Union. So I could do this for me. And the, the guy said, okay, we would love to hire you, but with all due respect, we expect our people to be perfect and um, you can't be perfect. I said, why? Yeah, because you have language barriers. You will not understand our clients properly. They will laugh about your funny accent, which I still have after 11 years here. I still yeah. have a thick German accent, but that is only because we talk German at home. We speak German at home. Um, so I probably, and my partner is German, so I won't lose it. Um, and I said, okay, if that is the issue for you, um, let me work for you for just one day and then you can decide. He said, okay, fine. I started working and he came in the afternoon and said, okay, you can start tomorrow. Wow. I said, well, okay, cool. So that is, um, I worked for a while and then I, it, it, my, the entry ticket to Australia was um, a student visa. So I, I was studying at the time as well, but that, that, came the time when I couldn't afford the studies anymore. $11,000 uh, for a quarter or something was just over the top. And I said to him, look, mate, I have to leave because yeah, I can't live on this student visa anymore unless you employ me. He was, at the time, he was one of 
several clients of mine. So I was the consultant to that law firm, basically, but like not an employment. He then employed me, um, and this like felt like Christmas and Easter on one day because it was an employer on a four five seven visa and stuff. So I, all of a sudden, I had a new visa. Um, yeah. I was working there for one uh, year and nine months. Okay. And two years, I was eligible for permanent residency, which was my goal. However, after one year and nine months, I was sacked. So all of a sudden, I was without an employer and my visa was vanished. I received an email, you have 30 days to leave the country. Oh. And I was, what? Okay. And this is when you start thinking. And uh, because I was, even at that time, so I was working at nighttime with my German clients between like, let's say 8, 8 p.m. and 2 a.m. in the morning. And then I was working for that law firm between 9 a.m. and 7 p.m full on. So I slept not more than five hours a night or something. Uh, it was crazy. I was already exhausted, even though I was, what held me up, what was kept me going was that like enthusiasm, Australia, hey, I am where I am. I'm doing the right thing. It, it can do enormous things with your body to, to, to enable you to, to achieve things that you've never thought you can. However, this guy is taking me. I am now without any, like, where do I, I don't even have a visa. I have that, I have that um, email to leave the country. And this is where I really, during the day, with a, I've never thought this is even possible or a, the human uh, brain can do something like this for you. to you. Uh, psychology is so important when, when trying to achieve things. In, out of nowhere, I started crying. I, I don't know why. I was, I, I was surprised myself. I just couldn't help it. I was crying, crying, crying like a baby for minutes. And then this was, I think it was sort of stress relief um, the way I see it now. And then it was all good again. It happened a few times, like out of nowhere, uh, it came. It's like, okay, please, uh, okay, accept it. And what, and then the, 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 the way out of this was like me saying, okay, what is, why, why are you behaving so strangely? Well, you don't need an expert to tell you that, you know exactly why. Because you have no grip anymore, like your visa is gone, you have, um, and you're exhausted, you worked, just, you pushed your body over the limits, that's, that's it, like these two things. And what would you, what would you advise a client that would come to you with that sort of scenario. And I said like, okay, you don't need a psychologist or something because they, all you need is um, think about a solution to get a visa and think about and, and cut back on working hours and get a healthy diet. All these things that you can read in books, like apply, it's common sense, not more. And um yeah, I said, okay, the next logic is uh, to have a company that employs you. Well, could you set up a company yourself that employs you, you being the director of it? I did exactly that. Wow. And wow. 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 So I set up the company 
um, employed myself. I said, okay, if it doesn't work because it sounds too silly, like you being the person employing yourself for the sake of staying within the country. Yeah, okay. You know, sometimes the most beautiful part of our life comes just after we had a breakdown. Just, just exactly. after. It is because you're pushed to the edge and you just feel that desire to not fall a uh, hundred meters deep. You just don't want to experience that. And it's amazing what this scenario, I'm not exactly liking it. And I'm not saying, oh, I love the challenge. I don't love it. It's it's what I love on the challenge is that it pushes you towards like uh, new things, like new ways of thinking. You had to. It's do or die, and when it's do or die time, you're not lazy. Your brain is working 150% day and night, and it's like a supercomputer, and it produces things where you think like, whoa, whoa. And this is what I like in challenges. I'm a lazy person. Don't get me wrong. I, I love a good Sunday Sunday afternoon just doing nothing. Uh, at best, what challenges do, they create new fantastic scenarios for you because you are forced to move, um, out, get out of your comfort zone. But I must say, actually, um, even though I know it's not doing me any good, I love the comfort zone. So in the in the here's another thing, comfort zone. In the in the lockdown, we were all forced to sit at home, not going out, and I love cooking. Storm and I gained ten kilos. <laughs> I enjoyed the comfort zone, but then again, and it was all good. It was fun cooking. It was fun being with the family. But on the bad side of things, it's not good because I overdid it. So now I have to do the running again and be reasonable again with my diet and whatever. I'm just saying, so it's 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 good to, to find a middle way as always in life. Um, and the comfort zone feels so enjoyable. It isn't uh, because it's not gonna, during that time, I did not think of new things, did not try to get better and whatever. Um, but that's also, that's okay because you can't, like they like you find in entrepreneurial um, journals or whatever and and YouTube videos, they, there's always a need. You have to be productive. You have to be on the ball all the time. No one can do this. This is crazy. You will burn out. Uh, you have to allow yourself lazy shit time uh, <laughs> and comfort zone time, but don't overdo it. I overdid it during lockdown. I must say. So wow. Yeah. Well. So yeah, but but I think some breaks are important for entrepreneurs as well. As a, as it is, we are living as per personality of our business. Nobody recognizes you. Everybody recognizes that this is one person who does this business. <laughs> so it becomes our identity. So we can you know take a leverage of having breaks on our terms. <laughs> yeah. So Olaf, uh, so quickly now I have a quick uh, you know rapid fire questions and the. Yeah. Uh, I think it is a surprise for you as well because the questions would be uh, directed towards if you were to give uh, interview at one IP today, what your answers would be. So uh, let, let us suppose I am the interviewer from one IP mm -hmm. international and I am Ooh. asking you uh, if you were to <laughs> apply, why, why, why should I, uh, why should we hire you? <laughs> 
Yeah, because I am, I'm pro to, to start with, you will, in the next question, you will ask me about my weaknesses. Um, <laughs> know that you will. So, um, <laughs> so, so now I, I, won't. I, I am not. And so I start with why should you hire me? Uh, because I'm not uh, the, the typical lawyer. I'm not, I started uh, studying law because um, I love speaking to people. I love languages. I'm a language enthusiast and I love solving problems. I'm not the logic guy. I know that that law often is uh, referred to as you have to uh, be good at logic and stuff. That's, I'm not, I'm, I hate maths, physics, chemistry. And I started studying law because it has nothing to do with maths, physics, chemistry, but it was all about talking and creating things and helping others. And this is who I am. Um, so um, by employing me, you would get, an, uh, would get someone who is a people's person. And this is what clients love. Like they want to <laughs> don't want to talk to a freaking machine. They want to talk to an everyday person that could realize to their problem. I'm really, I'm a real empath. I would, that's one of my strengths. Um, and people don't mind that I'm not a logic person because they, they will see at the end, I will solve their problem. And to be honest, they don't realize how we do it. They don't care how we do it. All they care about that their problem is solved and that they're talking to an open-minded person. And this is who I am. And uh, you will be su surprised what I can do for you. <laughs> oh, great. So, all right. This is all about your strengths. And I understand one of your weakness is, as you told us, you are not a typical lawyer so what else mm -hmm. do you think is your weakness <laughs> hmm what else is my weakness um i'm not saying i'm not saying i'm impatient because like the, all these answers that follows like turning weaknesses into strength this is i think it's dishonest <laughs> Yeah. This is not what the, the interviewer wants to find out a real um, uh, weak spot. And why is the interviewer trying to find out a real spot? Um, because the interviewer, if, if the interviewer hires you, doesn't want to give you these tasks because they know you're not good at it. So don't give Mr. Kretschmer accounting tasks, tasks with figures and numbers um, and and also technical stuff. I'm not a techie. I'm not, I can use the internet. I don't know how it works. If technical problems arise, I'm not the man to go to. Uh, but also, I don't think this is uh, necessary for this position. To, to, to be hired for this position, you need someone who is enthusiastic. I mean, you could, could, could get everyone from the street who just says he's enthusiastic. But not only that, I, I consider myself to be a people person. I'm super creative and I love to work I, in the best sense. I love to work in a team where it is a real team. Reality is let's let put your organization to the test. If you were able to put a team together, because I find out that it's not a team. I don't want to work for you. Great, great, great. So I, I am the interviewer, interviewer, but I, I, in the middle of the interview, I can uh, say I can, I'm ready to hire you, but I have two more questions, interesting questions. Yes. <laughs> so why do you want to work uh, for One IP International? 
because I love the idea of having clients from all over the world. It's I, I love multiple languages. Um, I could, I could, I love interacting with people. So I, I assume if I start with your organization, I will work with people from India, Germany, uh, China, whatsoever. And I may be able to talk in their, in their native language with them, try to find out what is a concern to them according to their culture. I love to, to get a better understanding of how other, pe how other people live and, and, and what their um, cultural environment is like. And based on the cultural environment, they, every person in this world has different like needs for their companies. So what is good for a Chinese client is probably the worst for an American and, and, and whatsoever. So it is important to apply the right uh, right approach for the right for the perfect client and this is what I would want to bring to the table to one IP international to put the international in one IP so so yeah so we, we could cater for for your clients the best way possible so you can be the international of one IP international that's nice <laughs> and finally <laughs> what would be uh, your expected salary <laughs> Ah, you will, my expected salary um, will be, um, what will be my expected salary? Let's say we start with a deal uh, that you pay me $1 for the first three months. If you find it reasonable to uh, continue employing me, you're paying me $200,000 a year. <laughs> Wow. That that's great. That's a big one. So, so the challenge is with both of us. The first yeah. three months is on me to bring to the table what I just promised. So to tell you it's not just lip service. And after three months, you will realize I'm all worth it and you make make sure you can afford me. I am so uh, you know inspired by these interview questions. I feel like a a person like this this should come and work with us as well. Like that would be an idea. Like we'd work for you for three months and then we'll expect this much salary <laughs> because then uh, you know people like them or people like you then they have the potential to build up and scale up the businesses. Here's my point. Like usually interviews are an absolute joke. People yeah. telling you, oh, I'm this person. I'm the person you've ever dreamed of. <laughs> it's the other way around. So they, 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 they try to, to impress you for the first three months. At the moment you employ them, uh, it's often that they, oh, <sighs> and relax. It is about like, show me how, how much you want it and why you're worth it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So Olaf, uh, to conclude, let's, uh, uh, you know, whatever concluding points and takeaways you would like to give to young uh, lawyers who want to enter into entrepreneurship. Uh, let's end with that. Yes. So uh, here are my points. So <laughs> uh, start early, 
like uh, don't feel like okay i play it safe after uni and after college of law i just get employed at a law firm and then five years later with that experience i start my own firm started at the age of 30 or whenever you are ready to do it with no knowledge whatsoever it's super scary but do it after you've gone through that like what I said, the eye of the storm, you put yourself right into it. There's no better way of growing. And, and forgive yourself mistakes. You will even make mistakes when you're 50 and 60. It, it doesn't matter. Uh, there's never any perfections and clients will understand. It's also something like you look back when you're 90, it's like, oh, what funny time it was. So start early, um, force yourself to make mistakes and allow yourself to make mistakes. Don't think of, oh, I'm not making mistakes. Oh, I must not make mistakes. That means it leads to procrastination and you're not doing anything because you're too, too much into fear to make mistakes. So allow yourself to make mistakes. Build a good team. You never achieve something on your own. Even if you're a genius, you, the day has only 24 hours. You can achieve only so much. And you're in a small organization. You're wearing many hats and I've gone through it. I felt like running a whole McDonald's store myself, uh, doing the burgers, doing the cashier, cleaning and whatsoever. You're super exhausted and you, can't, you can only do it for such a long time. You will fail. You will break down. I'm not, there are so, so many one-man shows around. I don't know how they do it anymore. I absolutely, it took me literally eight or nine years to build the team that I have now at 1IP International. I'm super grateful that I have these guys. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things to build a team um, because you will have many disappointments also. So you believe in like, oh, this is the right person and you, you find out she or he just pretended to be that person and wasn't, uh, so be prepared. It's also a learning curve. So start early. You don't want to find out that you started when you were 50 and then it takes you 10 years to build it and then you're 60 and you have to retire. So start early. Um, allow yourself to make mistakes. Um, okay. Follow your whatever crazy dream or idea it is. It could be a challenge saying it, it has become like a hobby of mine to come up with like however crazy the idea is to make it work. It, it feels super rewarding where, where everyone told you in the beginning, you can't achieve it. And then you achieve it. You're marching all the way through and you feel like you're a superhero. Just, so, so do that. Um, and um, um, the last thing, which I, what I regularly do, um, I have sort of a, a system of 10 points that I run through, like do a checkup on myself. So first of all, do I still have challenges in life? Like, without challenges or something, a goal towards, uh, to walk towards to, it would be boring, right? Um, so have, have a challenge and ask yourself, do I still have a challenge? Do I like my self picture? If you look in the mirror, do you look like shit or do, you might look like shit and you like it, that's okay. It's like, do you, are you okay with yourself? yourself your self-worth is everything aligned. Um, do you have a proper uh, uh, work-life balance? Um, I know things, it said things like a work-life balance don't exist. What I mean with that is, um, do you feel like I only work or I only sit around the family or I only, it shouldn't be that only. Think of a stool that have three um, uh, yeah. things to make it stable. It needs to be a little bit of everything in the mix. 
um, look at your finances, look at your health, look at your relationship, uh, look at your stress level and the stress, stress relief, look at bad habits and look at challenges for the next year. So that's sort of well, I run myself through regularly. And I, you can do it while walking on the beach or while, while running an errand. Like if you have these 10 points in your mind, you just check on yourself. Like have I, yeah, 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 in general. And let's say out of, like usually for me, three out of these 10 points are not okay. So I know, ooh, okay, at, at some point I need to look into these three points and I'm not going crazy on myself if I don't resolve it within the next one or two months. I'm just saying, okay, it's not perfect. So have, have a look there. And so this keeps me in the balance. Perfect. I think this checklist would be so helpful for all of us. And, you know, I can't thank you to the level I want to. I'm just in so much gratitude for you being here, having this conversation. And I'm sure uh, when uh, this goes live, uh, people will have so much to learn from uh, you. So thank, thank you so much, Olaf. Thank you so much for being here. Dear listener, thank you for listening to this podcast. Do tweet me your top three key takeaways from today's conversation. My Twitter handle is at Prigya, that is P-R-I-G-G-Y-A. My name is Prigya Arora, daughter of inspiring parents, alumna of IIT Khadakpur, engineer turned lawyer and entrepreneur and now founder of PA Legal, where we help creators and innovators protect their intellectual property.